So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has mastered the art of the scare. We'll cover each year of this amazing event one by one, picking through the bones and uncovering its past. So join us now as we open another tomb inside the catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. This episode, this is, I was going to say special, but we have been talking on the other episodes that we are kind of in an ever-changing format with just starting out that Halloween Horror Nights are finding is not just about the years, and this is a prime example. And with that set up, I will now say that this episode is all about the Icon Jack. We are about to start the Icon Era. We're in a a unique situation where Jack has enough of a backstory to talk about just him as a character and my co-host, Quinn. Well, I should say I'm Matt. This always happens when I change format. I forget to introduce ourselves. I'm Matt. Joining me again is my co-host, Quint. Hello. And Quint has zero experience with any of the Jack years, so we do know... That Jack is going to play some part, it seems to be getting larger the more updates we get in this year's Halloween Horror Nights. And while I know that the creative team will certainly make his story something that anyone can walk into, because every year is a lot of people's first year at Halloween Horror Nights, I still think it would probably be a lot more fun to have his backstory told and shared with you, Quint, for when you do get to experience your first year of Jack the Clown as this large part of Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, actually, Jack the Clown is is the the only reason at all that I would kind of reconsider going to 25. I fucking hate clowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> and so I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm really but curious to see what happens. In, in my opinion, this is using clowns the way they should be used because clowns okay. are fucking creepy and scary and they should never be used to like entertain children or as levity. They should be scary, fucking evil, demonic minions right that's what they are right yep fucking clowns and uh again we to the at the, at the as of this recording we don't know the extent of what jack is going is going to play but we obviously know he's the icon a returning icon for this year actually a real return for the icons this year as a whole which we haven't really gotten past the years of when the icons went away to get into too deep of a discussion about that but Suffice it to say, it's a return of the icons this year. It may only be just this once for the 25th anniversary. Uh, his his image is all over the website. I'm sure it's going to be on the marketing material. And uh, just, was it yesterday or Thursday or, or this week, uh, as the, before this recording, on the Twitter account was a picture of some construction, and there is the large image of Jack. So it looks like I'm certainly speculating that he may have his own house or or a large part of a house, possibly an anniversary house. and maybe, even a ma- maybe even a maze? A maze, yes. That would be the right word, wouldn't it? <laughs> Thank you for that. It's been a while since record recorded. I mean, I haven't been able to correct myself. 
Right. So he could have his own maze or be part of a larger maze and possibly even a show. Who knows? Because we know there's two shows. We've pretty much taken it for granted that uh, it's gonna one's going to be Bill and Ted. The second one's up in the air. And he did have a show in 17, which is the Carnival of Carnage. And if this is a sequel to Carnival of Carnage, it wouldn't surprise me to find out he has a stage show. So, show. So, let's talk about Jack. Let's just, this really isn't even about any past Halloween Horror Nights or any Halloween Horror Nights at all. It's about this character because this was a original character designed for the event, first appearance in 2000, and they made a awesome backstory to him that I think you will enjoy and just actually make this character even worse for you by the time we get around to Halloween Horror Nights. I, I'm sure it will. Okay, so starting off, we'll talk about what he looks like. I mean, he's a he's a clown. I mean, I'm sure anyone that's listening to this knows what he looks like, but if you don't, he's uh, the certainly the evil clown motif is there. He's got the... He's got a lot of Ronald McDonald on the lower half. <laughs> he really does. Like the cheekbones and the jawline are very Ronald McDonald. He has a very large grease paint mouth, which is, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's almost, it isn't in a smile shape, but then with his jagged teeth and then kind of the, the cross looking eyebrow grease paint on top of his head makes it look even more frightening. And instead of the typical red, which I don't know if that's typical, but if we're going to use Ronald McDonald as our, example that's fine our comparison instead of red it's green so he's got a white and green motif face and then the the classic red nose but that looks like it's been through hell and back yeah yes uh his hair orange mostly orange with some yellow and red streaks in it almost like a fire motif which i'm sure is what it's supposed to be almost again the clown from hell the, the fiery red hair. Yep. And depending on what year you see him, his first year he was introduced in a jumpsuit, white jumpsuit with red, yellow, blue, possibly some green polka dots. I don't have that picture in front of me. In later years, he's wearing a Carnival's Ringmaster jacket, which we'll get into why. And then this year, they just amped it up. They've weathered his face. He looks more evil than ever. And he's wearing this actually pretty freaking cool leather duster that is... Uh, kind of has that ringmaster motif, but instead of it being the short jacket with tails, it's a long leather duster. Yep, and it's pretty. It's actually a pretty cool looking jacket alone. Uh, it, it, the motif is great, and like the the costuming is fantastic. It's still creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, okay. With that look in mind, here's a story just to creep you out even more. So, Jack the Clown. He was born. With the name Jack Schmidt. That is his real name. And he was a performer for Dr. Oddfellow's Carnival of Thrills. Now, as a performer, he loved the spotlight. He loved performing. He loved to entertain children. But that was one side of Jack. There was the other side of Jack that was a demented, twisted murderer. Oh, good. Yes. So in 1920, there was a series of abducted and disappearing children to the South. When police investigators started to get involved and started to map out exactly where the children were missing from, the pattern of the disappearances was they were able to match it up to the route or the route of Dr. Oddfellow's traveling circus. So on Halloween that year, again, this is 1920, police and investigators uh, started to close in on the carnival to confront their single suspect, as you can probably guess was Jack Schmidt, or else we wouldn't even be telling this story. So Jack got wind that the police were kind of closing in on him, or at least will be coming for him, 
any day now. So he went to Dr. Oddfellow himself and confessed, uh, confessed everything, hoping that Dr. Oddfellow would help hide and protect him. Jack told his story, hoping he'd have a sympathetic ear with Dr. Oddfellow, but he got the complete opposite because Oddfellow got extremely upset and it was bordering on distraught now. Now, you would think he would be distraught because he's pretty much admitted to kidnapping and killing his children. Well, no. I guess birds of a feather in this case, because Oddfellow had his own little secret. Years ago, he had another traveling show. This time, it was a circus. And this circus experienced a freak accident that killed several patrons. And he managed to evade police, evade any questioning, <laughs> and took on this name Oddfellow and has pretty much been on the run with this new carnival ever since. Right. Okay. So, birds of a feather. Yeah. Or... or- <laughs> Clowns of a nose. Clowns of a nose. There you go. So now because of Jack's actions, he's pretty much brought the police right up to Oddfellow's front door. So Oddfellow calmed himself down enough to have Jack explain a little further, show him what he needed to see to help hide him. Well, that's what Oddfellow was at least telling him he was going to do. Jack showed him a set of three small trunks and inside... The, uh, it, sorry, these trunks were inside his travel coach, so they were all all hidden in Jack's kind of private traveling quarters. Inside these three trunks were the bodies of the 13 missing children. Mm. Dead. Yep. Killed by Jack. How? I don't know. Those details of the story either were not written out or not widely reported. And when you're talking about children, even though you're telling a fictitious story, maybe best left that detail left unsaid. Yeah. Yeah. Now that Oddfellow got this whole story and knew where all the incriminating evidence that was within his carnival gear, whatever you want to call it, was, he turned around and had Jack murdered. Oh. Yes. Okay. Instead of trying to help him, he figured just eliminate the problem completely from head to toe. Gotcha. Right. So now to hide the bodies, uh, not only Jack's, but the victims as well he decided to hide them in plain sight and he hid jack's corpse in the carnival's house of horrors exhibit as well as the 13 bodies of the children as part of this horrific presentation everything in there was bloody disgusting the thing already had a foul smell just from its age and mildew and whatnot so the rotting corpse smells just seemed to kind of go in with the whole motif and no one ever actually saw this Yeah, right there in plain sight. So for a few more years, Dr. Oddfellow managed to evade the police, and then he kind of got tired of running. He didn't give himself up or anything like that, but he did sell off the carnival. He It it was getting a little more difficult to hide with this entire carnival in tote, especially now that he's already... First of all, he had his problems with the circus. Now the, he had this this really close encounter with just one person. When he has a fleet of performers, it's got to take your got to take his the toll on you. I, I don't know. I haven't actually done this yet. I'm I'm not sure about that anymore. <laughs> the way you're talking about this, I'm, I'm too casually getting through the story. Uh, you know, I'm I, just thinking. I'm kind of might have to look for a hotel for October. <laughs> okay. What do you see the Halloween display before and after you get here? Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> after that, after being kind of tired of the running, he packed up the carnival, sold it off piece by piece, including the House of Horrors 
uh, as is <laughs> pretty much with every secret still inside. That doesn't seem real intelligent. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I guess it worked out for the best for him because it sat for 60 years, un- not even unnoticed, just unused. I guess whomever bought it, and this could be a backstory of its own, although I, it, it's not currently, although it's open to interpretation. It seems like the person that bought it wanted to do some kind of quick turnaround on it and then didn't and ended up mm. scrapping it for metal because 60 years later, exactly 60 years later, again, on October 31st on Halloween, a BBC TV crew that was shooting a documentary on the great dark rides of America, they stumbled upon this old abandoned carnival of thrills, house of horrors exhibit in a junkyard in Louisiana. It was sitting there for scrap, although there wasn't, it was largely intact. No one really needed any pieces off a carnival exhibit, oddly enough, in Louisiana. You think of all states, that actually might be a place where you could get parts for yeah, a, probably. a carnival exhibit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so after slipping the yard attendant 20 bucks, they were able to pry open the rusted doors and step inside and shoot some exclusive footage on this great find. I mean, they, they weren't expecting to do this, so they really wanted to get in. And just get uh, capture this, well, over a half a century old attraction that to fit in with their documentary. So they went inside. the The stench in there was just completely overwhelming. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, then again, wouldn't it kind of like been dried up by now? Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana's got a higher water table than Florida. I was just gonna say it's (laughs) it's freaking moist there all the time. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, this is I have. I've discussed this on Star Wars and Character of All Places because they, we do tell some stories that are kind of disgusting. I have one of the most imaginative or factory imaginations ever. I can actually, as I'm reading this, there is like in my head the smell. I can actually smell the smell. It's it's not it's not a pleasant talent. Trust me. I was just going to say, I'm glad you have that and not me. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of disturbing that I can do this. I mean, why can't we talk about him being hidden like a rose bush or something or a lavender factory? <laughs> but no, he's in a rusted, rusted old carnival attraction. Yeah, that's yeah. that's damp and moist and has dead bodies rotting in it. <laughs> yeah. So dead, dead child dead bodies, child, ch- children, no less. Yes. So they okay, they're inside. Camera operator flips on a light, the light for the camera as they get in a little deeper into the attraction. The deeper in they get, the worse the smell got. Uh, they finally stumble across a series of trunks that are kind of on the floor blocking this large wooden box. We're talking about maybe four and a half feet, four and a half to five feet tall in every direction. It's it's a cube uh, shape, so it, same same. Uh, dimensions on either side big wooden box and there's letters stenciled on each side of the box one letter per side and the letters are j a c and k so they take a little closer look going deeper with the light and they see that there is a large crank on the outside of the box so just to see what this is all about the host of the documentary begins to twist it and it actually moves although there is this horrid screech of rusted metal and like just <laughs> mechanical neglect that uh, we all know that sound mm. and this twisted just almost 
ear bleeding sound of a music box spindle playing as he turns it. But he's pretty excited because this thing is actually working. So the cameraman steps back a little bit, flips everything on, has a good shot with the light on him, keeps turning, keeps turning. Nothing happens. So he's standing there a little bit disappointed, and all of a sudden the light from the camera dies. And when the light from the camera dies, he's there's both the cameraman and the host just hear this weird sound from inside the box. They both the the tape from the video describes him describes it as a wet sound. It can't be a good sound. Ew. Yeah. So the the host reaches in his backpack, finds a flashlight, turns it on. He flips it onto the box just in time to see that the crank is now kind of rotating, not kind of, is rotating on its own. That hard music is playing. The top bursts open, and the decomposing body of Jack Schmidt in his clown suit is pushed out, twisted and mangled and caught inside this giant spring. <sighs> yes, so he's a. Uh, I almost said living. That's not true. He's a real life. Well, that's another. I can't find the right words here. I can't say living. Can't say real life. It's a desiccated um, corpse. Desiccated is- jack in the box. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a jack in the box. Uh, and he's in this spring, which I'm sure is making him move around. Yes, and kind of just yeah, like uh, I'm doing Ooh. it in my seat now. I'm bobbing, and his arms and limbs are kind of just probably dangling in the just most disturbing way you can imagine. <laughs> I I just realized I just, I'm like I'm getting excited and you're 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 wincing <laughs> the yeah. deeper we get in this story. I'm not sure what that says for either of us. I just I just heard Ragdoll by Aerosmith oh, in my there head. You go. <laughs> so needless to say, at least I hope it would be needless to say, the police were called and they conducted a thorough investigation. And after not even a whole lot of time. After tracing back what this exhibit was, who it came from, and looking at the history of it, the, they identified or at least partially uh, theorized, how, however you do this until a coroner confirms it, that identified that this was the 13 children and, and Jack Schmidt. It, it, they knew it had to be. They just needed to send it to the coroner's office to make it official. So the 13 bodies of the children were sent off in two vans. A third van, they could not. They d- were not going to remove Jack from the spring and to further damage the body, the corpse, they wanted it as intact as possible so that the coroner could do the best job he could to identify it. So they loaded the jack, uh, jack and the box on its own separate van. So three vans were headed to the coroner's office. The first two with the children, they made it that night. They they made it. They were there. Everything's accounted for. It got past midnight into november 1st and no sign of jack and best they could tell from the records and from uh radioing back and forth somewhere along the line while they're traveling through the swamps louisiana the driver did report some trouble and that was just at midnight and that was the last transmission so best they can tell somewhere in the swamp the van and the body of jack and the box were lost somewhere in the infamous Louisiana swamp and never found. That's a good place for him to end up. (laughs) (laughs) So a little time passes. In fact, a week passes by later. And had they not found this grisly scene, uh, no one would probably notice this in Louisiana, but these 
BBC TV personnel, well, the host and the cameraman were found dead, victims of their own incredibly violent murder that to this day remains unsolved. And again, if it wasn't for their the little bit of infamy they got from discovering this long lost Jack, body of Jack Schmidt and the 13 bodies, no one probably would have noticed. But because of this, it kind of twisted their story twisted in with Jack's whole story and a pretty big urban legend started to develop around Jack. Yeah. I just wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the root of this story was it, it really brought in the entire history of Jack as of his life as, as Jack, the clown. It was that Jack was searching after death in a sense for Dr. Oddfellow to enact his vengeance and rewards anyone who releases him from his toy tomb by turning the crank. Now what that reward is, that's one of those little things that are a little gray area because every time the story is told, it always seems like the person that spins the crank ends up terribly murdered somehow. Right. It's like one of those uh what is oh what is it? I want I, oh Henry's like the Christmas tale. What is the other there's a there's a there's a horror writer or horror term of when you it's uh, I can't think of the word but Twilight Zone does it a lot. It's like where he you're you're the, the tables get twisted at the end even though you're rewarded that reward is like something you would never ever one. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about, but of course, since it got stolen from you, it was stolen from me too. Yeah, <laughs> right. So if someone someone thinks it posted on Twitter, it's a lot of people filled in our blanks. Which thank you by the way for that. So if you think of that term I'm looking for, put it in there, and I will use it next time we talk about this subject. Which will the more we learn about Jack, the more this will come up. Yeah. So now jump forward in history a little bit further. Now, now we're into October 2000. And Universal Studios Orlando gets their hands on some of the original pieces of Dr. Oddfellow's Carnival of Thrills and incorporate them into their Halloween Horror Nights event. Uh, The publicity and marketing department latch on to this great urban legend of Jack and make it a huge part of pushing the event for this year. And the design team tops it off by actually acquiring what they're told now and the, the best best uh they can tell or, or best they are they are uh evidence they're given managed to actually find the box that jack schmidt was trapped in okay now to test out this urban legend to its fullest extent the the, the hard design team jump right on and start turning the crank and when they do they manage to unleash jack into halloween horror nights and so Jack is like reanimated corpse clown at this point. Yes. 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 Mm. Now this is where this is the story. It kind of, some of that story I gave you pulls in a couple of his other years appearances, but by and large, what I just told you was the first appearance in the, of Jack. That's how Jack got to Halloween Heart nights. Good. That's just fantastic. Yes. I want to go now even less than I did before. <laughs> so they built up the, they made up this awesome backstory Brought in the urban legend, then brought in the box to the year 2000 Halloween Horror Night. Someone turned the crank and let Jack loose into the world. In fact, we'll get more into this when we talk about 2000. But when I say into the world, we're not talking like the opening of Halloween Horror Nights. They did some 
basically some guerrilla marketing with Jack in the year 2000 that oh. was awesome. This was a turning point, and I don't want to elaborate too much. We'll get, let, we'll get into 2000, but, but it does go in with the story of Jack. This is a turning point for Halloween Horror Nights with the Icon era. They basically, not even basically, they let him lose downtown in downtown Orlando without any warning in full makeup, oh, in full costume, right? and let the reporting happen. You know what I mean? So yep. that's one of the things they did. He was everywhere. Radio, TV. Radio was the big thing. Radio, this was just before the internet, way before new media is what it is today. Every radio station had Jack on. You couldn't get away from him. So like I said, a lot of like guerrilla marketing. And just, I mean, Jack had, he knew the story. Whichever actor was playing him, and it may have been the same actor for the media. Um, I actually could find that out. I didn't find that out because the question didn't pop into my head till now. It seems like, from my experience of listening to it, he was given the backstory, here's the event details, and more or less just let him be this character they developed on the air. And it's, like I said, <laughs> something that is, now that the event's getting bigger, there's more money sunk into it, there's more legal uh, conditions with the licensing they do, maybe can't quite do this anymore, but back then, this was this was a huge event. This sounds really cool. Yeah. Releasing Jack into the wild was pretty freaking cool. And and looking back on it, it makes it even cooler because you don't really appreciate it. Uh, I didn't when it happens until you until you get to a point where you're 15 years later and you're like, wow, this is look what they look what they did 15 years ago. They can't do that now. And that's too bad. But how right. freaking awesome was that when they did this? You know, <laughs> well, it was basically it was viral marketing back then. Yeah, right? it was. That is a that is perfect analogy. Yep, and they they just I mean I I'm not sure that they couldn't do it right now. It just wouldn't have the same effect. That's probably what I'm more saying. It's not like that you couldn't physically or le- even legally do it. You could still do it, but it's you're right. It's not going to have the impact it had then. No, and and I mean a lot more of it would be like viral on the internet and much more word of mouth of what was happening and and where he was showing up would yep. be on the internet. Yep. So, okay, there's quite a bit more to the story and it's probably going to play into this year so let me continue here so that was his first appearance so he did come back now when now let's we'll pick up the story let's say we're talking about halloween Horror nights 2000 so halloween Horror nights pretty large profile event at this point so it didn't take long for the authorities to notice that this jack the clown was out there and he had a <laughs> frightening resemblance to the missing jack schmidt from all those years ago mm. so they checked it out they caught up with them and to their absolute shock all evidence pointed to the fact that this jack the clown was the jack the clown jack schmidt i was gonna say aka jack schmidt but jack schmidt's actually his real name it's aka jack the clown <laughs> right given the nature of his crimes and the circumstances of him now being mortal somehow and i mean just forget the fact that he was lost in a swamp we're, we're talking it, it, if he were alive he should be in his 80s if not older and he still looks like he's in his late 20s early 30s so the best way they could deal with this was to just throw him into and completely commit him into a insane asylum a criminal insane asylum just not even deal with them don't even put, put them through the system lose them on paperwork so they did they put him in the shady brook asylum for the criminally insane okay yeah probably not uh, the best plan uh well not really no and here's why <laughs> because these, this, well it's not only the best plan leading 
from this point on, it's not even the best plan leading up to this point because this asylum had a little bit of a problem of an inmate escape a few years earlier. Oh, good. But, so we're going to put him into an insecure asylum. Yeah. At this well, point. you know, all government funded. What can you say? It's Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Actually, Shady Brook has its own story. It's actually not in Florida. I forget where the hell it is. Oh, my God. I feel like such an idiot. Give me. I got to find this out because it, the answer might actually be funnier than Florida. Uh, I don't want to read all this to find out. So oh, maybe. OK, I might be th- thinking of another one of their um, uh, original properties being somewhere. OK. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure where Shady Brook is. It, 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 I'm going with I'm going with Florida. <laughs> I don't think it's Florida, but it also wouldn't surprise me to find out it's in Florida. I had thought I had saw somewhere that was like it was somewhere else, but I I now I can't find that and trying to look for it. But I didn't think honestly I didn't think that question was gonna come up. Should have, with you being on the show, <laughs> but I did not think of that. So um going back to some of the images that we've got right now for this year's Jack the Clown, um the that dank hallway that he's in is vaguely you know old uh-huh. asylum-esque and uh the uniform that he has on is not only that that sort of ringleader uniform but it's also it, it kind of looks um like plasticky like you're dealing with a lot of bodily fluids <laughs> yeah so hmm anyway let's could continue be. could be so trying to do their uh, i don't know i was gonna say trying to, the authorities trying to do their best maybe not maybe trying to do the least amount of work actually they end <laughs> up tossing him into solitary confinement and try to oh. just keep him locked away and forgotten about <laughs> but the even just his presence there and the few times that the other inmates saw him they kind of start not even kind of they started to emulate him they were already unruly. This is like the worst of the worst. This is like Arkham Asylum without the fancy costumes. Okay. Yeah, and now they are completely uh, off their rocker. Doesn't doesn't even sound like an, a, enough to explain how crazy they've gotten. Right. They they've become completely unhinged. Yeah, that's that's a good one. They, completely unhinged. Absolutely. And they eventually they rioted and they end up torturing the staff. In some seriously gruesome ways. And they place Jack in charge of this whole circus. <laughs> I did that, oh, that in my notes. I kind of that myself. Look at that. <laughs> That's such a good idea. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's put the crazy clown in charge. Now, what I'm describing to you here is, and we'll get to it. It's, we probably aren't going to get to it before 25. This is the reason I want to tell this story. I am describing a house they have done mm, after okay. the year 2000. Yep. And it is... It is Jack and Clown. There are homages to Jack in there. It's mostly clown theme, but if you look for Jack, you would have found him that year, which that's a lot of people had done. So, okay. So during this takeover, now back to the backstory. During this takeover, Jack rummaged through some of the on-site records he stumbled upon, and he found something really interesting and important to him. He found a recent patient's records and a profile that showed him having been a carnival worker, and his employer was Jack's old boss and murderer, Dr. Oddfellow. Uh-huh. Ah, so with this information, Jack had just enough to start a new search. And he also had the knowledge that Dr. Oddfellow was still alive and back in the traveling carnival game. So he oh, back in the game. Yep. Ooh. Yep. So he set out to find Oddfellow at this point. So that l- probably leads into a, a carnival or, or, or uh, circus themed 
uh, May's next year yep. or in one well, of the next years. This is okay. Let me. I'll relate it to Halloween Horror Nights for you now. So that is the end of the that Psycho Scarapy House, which we'll get to, and we're or that uh, Insane Asylum House. And this now the story I'm leading you into is the story written to explain what I've told you more than once, and and it really looks like we're not going to get to it in, before 25, which is a shame. Uh, my one of my favorite years, if my, not my favorite year, 2007 in the Carnival of Carnage. Uh huh. But so, but again, this is if if they are continuing Jack's story, this is important for you to know, and anyone else that doesn't know Jack. So, <laughs> so I you don't, don't know, know Jack. Jack. I know. It's like <laughs> I tried actively not to put that in my notes, and there I go right on just said it. Yeah, well, so it's a bad pun, and it was a bad game. Yep. <laughs> I know, right. Did you know, totally off topic, did you know that there was a TV version of that very shortly uh, hosted by Paul Rubens? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that was even dumber. It was. It was. I was like, this game is already dumb, dumb and not playable well, on not the computer. Fun. How's it going to work in real life? And it didn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, okay. All right. Now, Jack left Shady Brook as we discussed. Starting to track Dr. Oddfellow. And it, now his it was called Dr. Oddfellow's Dark Carnival and Emporium, which is pretty stupid because if you're on the run for several things at this point now, I mean, not no. only the murders or the, I should say the deaths he was directly responsible for, but now people in his employee, not only Jack, but apparently another guy who at least maybe didn't kill anybody, but he got sent to Shady Brook. You have this sort of a history. You might want to change it to like Bob's Carnival or something. Uh, then again, you know, maybe he's hiding in plain sight, right? Who would be dumb <laughs> enough to, to do that? But, you know, using this this dude who's killed all these people or has all of these shady connections as your marketing ploy is fucking brilliant, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to argue. And no, it, it's pretty easy to argue. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a stupid idea. Well, but. that's what I mean. It's it's stupid enough to not to argue and 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 mix in the fact that serial killers tend to be super uh well, what's uh narcissist. I mean, yeah. I guess it all makes sense. And again, it's Florida. Hello. <laughs> hey. We don't know this is in Florida. This is in That's probably in Florida. I'm going to look at my notes. I'll piss myself off. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so needless to say, I mean, I did. I shouldn't say it's in this story, but I'm going to say, needless to say, it, it probably didn't take him long to find him. When I can't imagine the, the it's 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 not like Arby's where there's one every or Starbucks. That's an even better one where there's one every other corner. It's Doctor Oddfellows. How many can there be? Right, a quick internet search will bring you to <laughs> yeah. his and internet to his time and listings. Internet was up and running back then. That's a weird way to say it, but I mean, the internet was readily accessible in 2007. So. Should have been able to find him pretty quick, even if he hey. didn't. Even if he didn't have his own website, pro someone probably reviewed him on TripAdvisor. If it was 2007, he could have even used a fucking iPhone. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Ori it original iPhone, 2007. Was it 2007? No shit. Wow, that's amazing. So he was <laughs> si he was sitting on there screaming at Edge the whole time, going, "Oh, right. this is so slow." <laughs> <laughs> then he wasn't using an iPhone because he just kept crushing them. Right, <laughs> right. Fucking yeah. Edge, <laughs> fucking AT and T. <laughs> Fuck. I hate Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Did the iPhone one, or the original iPhone service, suck in Florida? Holy crap! It sucked it's one place worse. One place worse I've ever been when I had that. Uh, Las Vegas. 
Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Mainly because there was no Wi-Fi you could access in Las Vegas because they did not want you distracted. So it was, it was edge everywhere you went. Oh. And it was terrible. Yep. Anyway, okay, back to Jack. <laughs> and so, his iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> he, um, what'd you say? I said back to Jack and his iPhone. I thought he said in Seinfeld. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, he caught up to the carnival, waited for nightfall, and then started to stalk the tents. And he came across Dr. Oddfellow's tent, found him inside, and enacted his revenge. In fact, I will say for the story's sake, just to make it more gruesome, that no one has recorded the details of his revenge because they were that gruesome. The real story it. is no one's actually written this down, but I think that, that take it makes it worse. So that wasn't in a maze. <laughs> no, no. No, this leads up to the maze. So now standing in the midst of Dr. Oddfellow's personal sleeping and travel cart, surrounded by all his ringmaster gear and clothes, Jack started to get that feeling he had at Shady Brook, the guy being in charge, the guy running the show, the top man and the center of attention, which is really something that was pretty much in his character to begin with from the very beginning. That's why he became a performer. Right. So looking around right then and there, Jack wanted all that back. In fact, he wanted more than that. He wanted his own carnival. He wanted to build something that put him in the center of something huge where there's so much going on, but all eyes were on him. Right. So okay. He, so that's that's an interesting setup for yes. the next year. Yep. So he did. So he grabbed Oddfellow's jacket and put it on. He pulled on his ringmaster black boots, put those on. He crudely altered some of Dr. Oddfellow's jewelry and trinkets to suit his own personal taste, shall we say, or style. That's a better word. And to top it all off, he had picked up Dr. Oddfellow's prized possession. This is a new element to the story. And the theory being, the big fan theory is that this particular element has protected Oddfellow all these years and enabled him to elude capture and, in a sense, if not directly also keep him alive all these decades because he should have been pretty damn old at this point you know and it was a silver-headed cane of souls so jack uh, picked that up and if it were true jack already has this supernatural uh, what is it aspect longevity. to his life yeah longevity and now he may have just extended that even more so if this cane is all it's cracked up to be which is, I think, is a really good story element to be able to keep Jack out there for any time they want to bring him back, actually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Jack took over the carnival, but his, the, one of the first things he did was, was just put it on hiatus and went out the next few months traversing the globe and in some ways could be argued beyond to gather up just the worst or the best, in his opinion, monsters, mutants, madmen, maniacs of the caliber that he needed to pull off his vision of a carnival and he did this by promising them all fame and fortune and more to the point for a lot of his ex new victims lovely and once his lineup was complete he debuted his show the carnival of carnage in orlando florida excellent yep <laughs> this is a this is something we'll talk about at length when we get to 2007, but it, this is a great story element to take care of two story issues in 2007. One was that how do you bring Freddie and Jason and Leatherface all in the same place and have it make sense? Well, there, there's that story. Yep. The other part 
of the story that this solves was that New Line Cinema owned all three of these characters and licensed them to Universal Studios, but said they could not appear anywhere together. They can appear on marketing, they could appear on print, they could appear in ads together, but they cannot be in the event together. So it's like, well, how? What do we do? Oh. There's there it is, Jack's Carnival. Yep. He offered them each their own showcase. I mean, great, great use of this character to pull off one of their best ever, in my opinion. Cool. Yeah. So, so, so was that that year? I mean, we're jumping the gun a little bit, but that was that year. Did Freddie, Jason, and Leatherface each have their own maze? Yep, they sure did. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll wait till hear for the rest. Right. The rest yeah, I, don't, of I won't go into detail which one is, but that was like that was for someone that. Well, you and I are the same age that that grew up knowing. Even you could not grow up. And the time that we did and not know who these characters were, even if you didn't watch a single second of their movies. Right. So the nostalgia factor, and now I'm at the age, at 2007, where nostalgia is actually appreciated. I mean, you try to throw nostalgia on me in my early 20s, and it's right over my head. Well, I'm a little past that in 2007. It's like, wow, I was blown away by that year. It was really, really cool. Yeah, at this point, our entire lives are nostalgic. I know, and now it's even worse. <laughs> uh, yes. But anyway, okay, so that is really what leads up to where we're at now. I mean, his vengeance is complete. The apex of his demented mind kind of comes to pass with him pulling off the carnival of carnage. And it seemed like Jack Smith's soul was finally at rest. Well, that was until the conclusion of 2014's Halloween Horror Nights 24. When a thank you mailer was sent out to various media outlets, it was blood splattered. It had a wax seal with an S on the envelope. And with the letter was a USB flash drive with a bloody thumbprint and a strand of orange hair on it. On the drive was a summary video of the 2014 of Halloween Horror Nights 24, I guess better said, along with a further thank you for attending and participating. And then at the end of the video, the image begins to disrupt and is interrupted or distorted, I should say, and is interrupted by flashes of Jack laughing and that broken down music box tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, then finally, I mean, that was speculation that that was pretty amazing. And like, no, this is November 3rd or 4th and we already do. Jack <laughs> was going to be involved somehow. Well, finally on May 19th, a new video surfaced a dark figure walking the length of a hall, a seemingly abandoned, abandoned building, possibly a asylum, as you pointed out, Maybe accompanied by that broken music box sound music, whatever you call it. Uh, the video goes black. Jack's face pops up even worse for wear, even more decrepit, <laughs> decrepit. And he fills the screen with the simple question. Did you miss me? And he's <laughs> taken on this new look with that. The, the face is harder face. The paint is, uh, I don't even know what the makeup is outstanding this year. And oh, it is. He, he, did, he ditched, uh, we talked about this too. He ditched the ringleader jacket and had this, that awesome duster. He still has the pants though. I thought that was kind of funny. It's like, oh, of all the things, he still has the polka dotted pants. Yeah, I think, um, not to use the term facetiously, but I think they're iconic at this point. Yes, right. Yeah. I agree. Yep. It just, so the, the icon must wear his icons. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, since that video released, the Jack, I mean, we, I think, opened the show with this. He's been branded on all the Halloween, 20, Halloween Hard Nights 25 stuff so far. Uh, there's been just this past week, and there'll be one 
following and in fact all of august there is there is a four-part i think oh, what the heck did they call it there's a four-part video series you can see it on if you go to their sweepstakes site that is where i found it it's probably on their website as well and if i i will put it in the show notes the link to to better describe it because i don't have the url in front of me but they're releasing a video every tuesday that seems to be leading up to exactly well again me speculating seems to be leading up to what part jack is going to play Right. So they're real short. It's like I think it was like a minute, minute and a half. The first one they found a box of popcorn with some uh, hot, with a <laughs> ha 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 written all inside it, and a couple uh, things relating back to Jack. So I don't know exactly what part he's playing, but I can't wait. I have always loved this character since two thousand, and was so happy to see him come back this year. So I'm kind of curious now if we've got Freddie and Jason back. Is Leatherface going to make an appearance? I don't know. I don't know. That's a mm. yeah. We are really light on houses and scare zone announcements now. Yeah, we are. I mean the uh, there's that leaked map, but honestly, the, no. the only thing yeah, the the Freddy versus Jason was the only real surprise on there. I found out to be right. Insidious was a good guess because that was at Hollywood either last year or the year before. And Walking Dead was no surprise. Mm. Yeah. So I'm still not saying this map is right. And I'm not going to say to you whether or not there's something related to Leatherface on there or not. So I we don't know for sure. We don't so, know. Um I'm I'm looking at some of the pictures and it appears at one point he had some sort of girlfriend thing going. I have that here. This is in my post notes. There was another character that's worth talking about because there's a huge rumor that a fellow well, we're not really updaters, but uh, someone in the new media community, I'm going to give him a shout out because he has been promoting us and sharing everything we do on Twitter. His name is Sir Owen Disney. That's his handle on YouTube. That's also his Twitter name. He's a Halloween Horror Nights updater, and he's got some theories and a rumor he shared of this character, if it is true, might make me want to see this house more than the Jack house. I'm not going to tell you what, but if his rumor is right. Uh, but let me tell you who the characters. I'm sorry, I jumped way ahead here. So along with Jack is this character we're talking about, and her name is Chance. And yes. at the Carnival of Carnage, Jack had his own stage show, and yes. it was called Jack's Jack's Carnival of Carnage. That was a stage show, pretty pretty much a live torture show. I have real extensive <laughs> notes on this when we get to it. It was awesome. It was cool. so cool. And it wouldn't surprise me if that is what the second show is going to be this year. So a continuation of that. But he had his lovely assistant. Her name was Chance. And as if you see a picture of her, which you do, she strongly resembles Harley Quinn. Yes, she does. She sounds a whole lot like Harley Quinn. Nice. And she's just as crazy as Harley Quinn. Awesome. Yeah, she is. She was a really good, uh, well, a, a good harley to his joker it's right. chance and jack so yeah. i don't want to say what the rumor is because it could reveal a house that we don't know for sure about yet but if if this if if oh if uh sir Owen disney is right oh yeah <laughs> i can't well, that's probably where i'm going first on the 18th <laughs> nice yep yep excellent so that is that is really about it uh there was i found a couple of uh Obviously, when Jack was revealed on, on May, all the everyone that re, that covers Halloween Horror Nights, even in the in the uh, traditional media, had reported as well uh, some quotes from Mike Aiello. But he's has gone and said it on Twitter and even on our interview. So nothing. It's all been said before. I mean, they, they Halloween Horror Nights art uh, the creative team love them as much as the fans do, and they are have, seem to be having as much fun working 
bringing this character back as we are seeing him being brought back. So that's yep, that's about all I can say. Say that that I guess summarizing everything else I've read. It's it's for I, I haven't seen anyone speak negatively about Jack being back. Now I'm sure if I really dug, I could find something, but it seems to be for a majority a good thing fans seem to be happy about this yeah everything i've seen too has been it seems like it's been well received and uh well you've seen his extensive story it's a character that they have really put thought and time into yeah it's it's fun i mean i think it's probably the first time i'm looking forward to going somewhere where i know there's going to be a clown (laughs) 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 fucking clowns so yeah, so this episode was a little different, but uh, I really needed to explain Jack to tell the story of of the next year we're covering, and well, we're almost at time of an average episode just talking about Jack, so that is why I suggested we do this separately, and you could ask questions and get caught up so that you can enjoy him this year as much as everyone else is going to. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I think this was a good idea, and, and I, hope our, I hope our listeners like it. Yep. Yep, so that is it, unless you got anything else you want to ask that I might know the answer to, or at least give you my perspective of. Nope, he's just creepy as fuck. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's uh, the right place to have a clown. Circuses are not the right places for clowns. Yep. Halloween Horror Nights is, so it'll be good. <laughs> cool. All right, well, that is it for this episode, so... Uh, we will be back. Our next one is going to be, we are starting the icon era. We will be talking about 2000. So if you have anything to add to this, I know people have, be it a detail or be it a personal uh, experience with Jack or thoughts on Jack, please share it. You can find us at Neozaz on Twitter and at facebook.com slash Neozaz podcast. All that information is repeated in these closed credits, but please do drop us a line. A lot of people have been sharing a lot of their personal uh, not only like I said not only details we missed but their personal experiences which have been awesome to hear so and photographs for, and the, photos yeah yeah, yeah. The photographs from the early years have been fantastic they have been so keep that up we, we are loving it we are we when we get it through uh, social media we immediately share it so thanks for that so, and thanks for everyone's feedback on that as well and, and, and with this unique subject I'd love to hear what people have to say about Jack for sure just as yeah. much as the just as much as the years Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.